us into our lives. So let's dive deeper into the role that God has called us to be. Relax, grab some tea, and chat. Welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast, your favorite moms hangout. I am your host, Allison Nick, and here we talk about all of the highs and lows of life after baby. You will receive your full postpartum advantage that includes mom's tips on faith, mental care, relationships, and more. We are postpartum's advantage. We are here for you, sis, and we understand. Now, let's start the show. Hey, mom friends. Welcome. Before we get into the episode real quick, I do just want to remind you guys of our So Warm Drive. Um, Go to our Instagram page if you want to learn more about it, but we are collecting all types of warm items to donate to a nonprofit organization. I am super, super excited about that. Let's go ahead and listen. Hey, mom friends. Welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast. This is our second interview series of the You Are Limitless oh, series that we are doing for last Q4 of the year. If you haven't listened to the first series, go back, our first interview, excuse me, go back to October. It is titled as You Are Limitless and it's underneath um, getting pregnant or getting your doctorate while pregnant. But today I have one of my longest, long I want to say long time, longest relationships, friendships ever, I think pretty much ever. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> longest friendships ever. What a long friendships. Okay. okay, thank you. Just <laughs> help me. And uh, this is my really good friend, um, Stephanie. Stephanie, I call her name. Stephanie Neal. I almost said Fitz. I got to change that. It's, it's, Stephanie. It's, it's, <laughs> I know. I know. Stephanie Neal here. And we have a really great podcast. I'm really excited. But go ahead and say hi to the people. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> So this interview is really all about getting, you know, well, this series is really all about, you know, accomplishing dreams, going after things where it seems limitless, where it seems limited, where you can be limitless. So my friend went all the way. I'm going to let her tell the story some, but I'm just super proud because whenever we were in middle school and high school, she always talked about working in law. Um, I think at one time it was forensics and then eventually ended up being a lawyer. Um, after that's a funny story yeah <laughs> um, and then uh, as we just kind of continued on with life you know life happens but I remember whenever you told me you were going back to law school and I was like or going to law school and I was like yes like yes I'm so proud of you so <laughs> talk about that journey of pretty much from after graduating college and getting you know up until the point whenever you're like I'm going to law school or going back to pursue that dream. Okay. So kind of let me, I'm going to go back a little bit further, but I'm going to keep it short. Go ahead. Um, Because you said forensic science. So um, all my life, since I was little, 
Me and my dad used to watch Law and Order and all those shows. So I already loved it anyways. So in high school, I went to a program with the law and government program. And I wound up interning with an attorney in my city. And she wound up giving me the inside track, you know, letting me, you know, view cases, letting me participate in certain things. So I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. Then I realized the requirements and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And, you know, in life we make shortcut decisions because it makes it easier. And so wind up when I got to college, I said, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to go to pre-law. I'm going to forensic science. I love CSI. So, hey, next picture choice. So my first chemistry class. Yeah, that was a no to. So then I, uh, I said, okay, all right, we ain't gonna do that either. So let's yeah. go. Uh, the, the attorney I worked for, she did criminal justice. So I liked criminal justice. I loved that area of law. So I said, okay, let's do criminal justice. Um, made amazing people, worked with so many people, um, didn't know how many fields were there in criminal justice. Go ahead and get a degree in criminal justice. So now, because I was a, a major in criminal justice, I wound up my senior year working at a juvenile detention center um, where I met my husband. So, quote unquote. Anyways, moving on. Uh, but at the juvenile detention center, I just continued to work there. Lo and behold, I guess after graduation, I said, well, I'll finish there and I'll do probation be a probation officer. I know I can help people and help kids. So I was planning on being a probation officer, applied for jobs, didn't get any. New people in highest places, but didn't get any. So I said, okay. So wind up me and my husband, which was my boyfriend at the time, wind up having my first child. Um, and I was like, okay cool but I need some more money because this is not working did a temp agency first job the temp gave me was a law firm so I was like okay here we go again so secretary of the law firm um wind up uh having my third child got married so mind you I had three children all under the age of four um and so I wind up I said okay well I need more money got three kids, you know, just starting our, you know, marriage and family. I need to do better. So wind up, we wind up, I did paralegal studies. So I said, okay, not lawyer, but I can settle for a paralegal. Paralegal studies, after I got off maternity leave, I was let go for my job. Okay, I'm not, I'm not upset. Let's go do something different. Um, the lady I used to work for in high school said, well, go apply at the district attorney's office. I said, okay, I can do district attorney's office. It's government agency. It's a good job and it's more money. So let's go ahead. I applied, got in. They were like, yeah, I think you'll be great here. Was there. And at this point in my life, I settled for so much. I settled at my, you know, getting a job. I had my paralegal certificate and I could be a paralegal, but the job didn't they didn't take paralegals. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to settle for a secretary again. Then my boss's boss called me in her office and she told me, where do you see yourself in five years? Because where you at right now, 
there's so much more in you. Where do you see yourself in five years? So I went back, I prayed about it. I'm like, okay, God, I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and I've worked with so many beginning attorneys because in my position, these attorneys I've worked with just came from law school. So I'm like, I don't know. Let me pray about it. Prayed about it. And every turn, every time I helped an attorney, they were like, why don't you go to law school? You know more than we do. I'm like, uh, three kids. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But real quick, uh can can we talk about whenever other people like see the potential in you and they like keep watering the seed? Right, right that you have and they keep and like sometimes it's great to have those people around you that keep pushing you versus whenever you that's what that's what this series is all about whereas whenever you kind of be like but i but i got this but i got that and i gotta every but excuse. i gotta every excuse but it's so good to have them people that are like but remember that time remember whenever you said but you're so much more but then i just want to put that in there go go ahead no my boss has been telling me, my ex-boss, you know, my former boss in yeah. high school, she kept telling me, go to law school. Go to law school. And I was, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And yeah. so she was like, you're not going to listen to me, so let me put you in a position. And I got to put you in a position yeah. to where you can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I got in there, she pushed me, but she also saw potential in me. So I did yeah. extra work. I did extra because I was bored. I was so yeah. bored at work. I would do extra stuff. I would train the attorneys on what secretaries would do with the attorneys because every office is different. So we had to kind of adjust and see the style. So I did extra stuff that I could do. And they were like, yeah, you can't just stay here in this position. So I was like, okay. So then moving on. Uh, my son uh, has autism. So to have him the therapy that he needs, we got a grant. Grant happened and they were like, okay. And we saw tremendous progress. So I'm like, cool, but we need to continue him in ABA. Grant ended in six months. So it didn't work. So I'm like, okay. Oh, but writing down, going back to what I see myself in five years. I was 25 at the time. I told myself by the time I'm 30, I want to be an attorney. Okay. So I wrote that. That's part of my list that I wrote down. I promise you I wrote that. I'm really still looking for the paper now because going back at it. So anyways, so I was like, okay, let's go for it. Um, I, I was able to study and I took the LSAT. I applied for three law schools which was near my area, which is less than 45 minutes away, which I can do and commute from home. All of them told me no. I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. Maybe it's not time. Maybe it's just not me. I don't know. But right now it's not it. Get a letter in the mail. I remember the day. It was the day before Easter or Resurrection Sunday, right? The day before Easter, I get a letter in the mail says, Thurgood Marshall School of Law wants you to come to law school. Mind you, I never even applied. I didn't do nothing. Like, I just, they sent me a letter. They were like, hey, we want you here. We want you here at our law school. And I'm like, mm. So I told my <laughs> husband, I'm like, 
I have an opportunity to go to law school in Houston. I think I want to go. Do you think we, you know, is it I'll be able to go? Yeah. Um, he's like, well, can you do it online? I said, no, I can't do it online. Uh, I said, what, what we can do is I can commute every week because uh, I have to be there Monday through Friday. Um, but I can commute every week. We try that. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is pre this is pre-pandemic, by the way. Yeah, this like, is pre-COVID. Her, pre-COVID. Yeah, like, yeah, this is pre like, you, you, you had to be you had to be Yeah, you had to literally yeah. sit in class. There is no law school until COVID hit that I know of, especially in Texas, that you can go online. Ooh, so I've already had this planned out. I'm a planner. I'm like, okay, I'll leave my job. I still have vacation time. I have money saved up. I know I can stay with a cousin. I'll stay with them once a week, throughout the week, and on the weekends, go home because I don't need to be there on the weekends. Um, so I had that planned out. Oh, mind you, we had a kind of a conversation with the kids. I started law school. I went and I started. I started commuting every week to go to law school. And then your last year or last semester is whenever COVID hit. So you so, had to be, so then you had to be at home to finish okay. everything out. So lo and behold, I did my first year. My first year went okay. Um, my cousin didn't agree to some of my uh, opinions for leaving my children. Um, but I knew for myself, the only way I can get my son the ABA therapy that he needed, mm-hmm. because mind you, it's like $100 an hour just for ABA therapy. And he needs at least six hours a week, $600. I And we had a child in daycare. So that was another <laughs> about $600. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So that wasn't working. So I knew that I needed, my son needed to do it. We made the sacrifice to go ahead and do it. I've already done a year, which is usually the hardest year. Why would I just lo and behold quit? And I got two years left. Yeah. Um, so- can we pause right there and talk about that sacrifice? It's like, so to the mom listening to this, that's wanting to go after that dream, like what would you tell her in regards to how they feel to sacrifice going for their dreams, like, and having a family? Like what kind of encouragement could you give that mom right now? You will have mommy guilt. Um, it will hit you. Well, it hit me hard. Um, but what it is, is if you make the sacrifice and I think at whatever age um, your children may be, if you make the sacrifice, talk with them when they understand and communicate with them, but know the goal at the end. I knew in three years I was going to be done. I knew in three years I was going to be home. You know the goal. Stay focused on the goal because you know it'll benefit your children in the end. You know it will yeah. benefit your family in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not happy and if you're not at peace, then how can the household be at peace? Yeah, yeah. And so you're on the process of um, taking your bar. So you take your bar in February. And right. um, so we'll- I'm going to go back. Okay. So I took the bar in July. I said 30. I turned 31 in July. And I took that bar today. I said, ooh, I'm on the road. <laughs> it's 
exactly five years. I take the bar right after I just turned 31. And that's it. That's all I got to do. Lo and behold, God had different plans. So I did not pass my bar. So now I'm now making the decision is, so do I just give up? Or do I just stand up again and try again? Because I'm like, it's been three years. You've already done that part. So why can't you do another three months to study and take it again? Yeah. So we always get, oh, okay, we on the path. This is it. It'll work out. Everything's working like it's supposed to. All the puzzle pieces are fitting. And then we get in sidetracked and we be like, ouch. Like, yeah. well, maybe I wasn't okay, supposed so maybe to. I was, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe it'd be easier this time. Let me stop. And I'm like, yeah. then what, what does that mean? Like in church, yeah. we're, we have a theme overcomers coming back strong. How can I show my kids I'm an overcomer if I never been through anything? How do I show my kids when I'm an overcomer if I never stand up again? At this point, I'm trying again. I'll take it again in February and try my best. You know, I got close. You know, there's people that don't have kids that didn't get close. You know, you have to look at it in a perspective, in a mindset of my mindset had to change. My whole process of thinking had to change five years ago. Process I went through in the timing of God is so prevalent. And so then I know I'm like, if I knew doing law school, how important God's time is versus my time, then why in this process, when I didn't pass, I'm not trusting in God's timing. Then I'm ministering to myself. Lord Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell moms what it feels like being on the other side and going after your desires. It did not hit me until my daughter, well, it hit me a little bit because while I'm in school in my last year, my daughter had a project and they wind up Well, the school I went to is called Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Um, so they had a project and they could pick uh, somebody they admire or like a black history program or something. And Harmony, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she wound up picking Thurgood Marshall um, because oh. she's like, that's where my mommy goes to law school. That's where my mommy goes. And so, um, so the teacher was like, okay, well, I'll help you, you know, let's get everything. And, you know, so I have a picture of her in her justice, like dressing up like Thurgood Marshall. And so I'm like, okay, I am making the influence, you know, I am showing her like, you can do this. You don't realize, you don't realize that your struggle can influence so many people. Um, so it can be someone else's triumph. Like it can be an inspiration for someone else. And and mind you, I didn't think of that when I did this. I just knew that I I needed to go. I I, yeah. I couldn't stay where I was. I just said, don't allow your fear to take over or what you need to do. Because um, yeah. I could le- easily allow my fear to take over. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we always worried about our kids. Mm-hmm. We love our kids. You know what I'm saying? But how can I be best for my kids? I at least had to show them that they can do it. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I will do my best to keep you guys updated whenever she passes this bar. I went to one family function and my great uncle, he's like, I'm so proud. We got a lawyer in the family. I said, <laughs> I don't even 
even a lawyer yet. But he was so proud. And I was yeah. like, it's it's good to be like, okay, I'm doing something that not only better me, but better generations behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with my husband, he started his own business. Clean right janitorial services. I had to put in a little plug. Plug. Anyways, <laughs> if I know, I'm gonna hear it. I promise you. But he started his own business. And so for him to start, and I'm like, okay, I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, people thought we were crazy. People thought we were, you know, but he, you know, and now it's so much better that we can treat our kids and do for our kids way better than we did before. Um, And you know when God's in it because how can you start and have a two-person income and then you're in the middle of what your purpose is and you don't have an income but your spouse does and your spouse is making it more than what y'all are making together. You know, you have to see it and see your blessings as they come about, even if you have to go back, um, even in the struggle of it all. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your your story, your testimony, your experiences with us. I know it's going to truly inspire um, other moms, other people, period. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Um, Again, this is our last series of the year. Um, We will have one more series come next month in December, um, our interview series. And yeah, and um, then go back and listen to what we had last month in October titled um, Getting My Doctorate While Pregnant with Dr. Jessica Brown. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.